Welcome to Canyon Hills this morning, and it's so good to see you. Those of you who could be with us in person, for those of you that are watching online, so glad that you're joining us online as well this morning. The service today is going to be a little bit different than normal. Um, Instead of a message, I want to share with you a very special announcement that's been two years in the making. Uh, Most of you probably received a, a, a letter from me this past week telling you that I am choosing to transition from the lead pastor role to a new role that we're calling the founding pastor. And it's now been 31 years. Man, everybody say 31 years. (laughs) 31 years. Since my wife, Shirley, and I began the work to start Canyon Hills Friends Church, and at that time, I was 35. I'm now 66 and a half, amen? (laughs) Man, time flies. It really does seem to fly. And I have realized at 66 that I don't have the same capacity that I did at 35. Has anybody else realized that in your life? You can still do a lot of the things you used to do, but it takes you two days to recover, amen? (laughs) So I don't have the same capacity, and and since Shirley's passing, I no longer have the helper that helped me in so many areas of ministry. So both my capacity and my help have been reduced. And so it's time for me to shift, to make a shift, to shift my title, to shift my responsibilities for the future health of Canyon Hills Church and this church family. And so during a time of prayer, the Lord confirmed to me who needed to be the next lead pastor. And that pastor was Pastor Carlos, that he was to take the lead pastor role. And so I asked Pastor Carlos to pray and also fast to see if he got the same answer that I did. And so he prayed and he fasted and he got the same answer. But as he told me, he was shaking in his boots. I could tell. Heavy thing. But after that, the elders prayed and unanimously agreed that he was to be our next lead pastor. So the elders and I have already handed off the lead pastor role to Pastor Carlos. But today, we're just publicly handing the position to him and celebrating what God is doing and what God is about to do in the future of Canyon Hills French Church. Now, as I say all of that, I want to be extremely clear because sometimes it's easy to misunderstand. I am not yet retiring. Amen? Okay? My call hasn't changed, so I'm not yet retiring. I'm not yet leaving our staff. So I'll still be serving in various ways here in the ministry of Canyon Hills. But what I am doing is I'm shifting. I'm shifting my title, shifting my roles, shifting, Lord willing, my speed, all right? (laughs) The speed at which I move. And one way to put it is this, I'm downshifting. When a car has a six-speed transmission, you can downshift it to a lower gear. And when you do that, you're still moving, but just not as fast. You're still serving God, but maybe not as fast as you used to run. So I am downshifting to a slower gear. After 43 years of full-time ministry, after 31 years here at Canyon Hills, I'm downshifting to a a slower gear. So I'm now going to let Pastor Carlos run fast, okay? I'm going to let him run in high gear. And if any of you have ever been riding with Carlos when he's driving, you know he likes high gear. (laughs) He likes to go fast. So today is simply about me shifting 
to the title of founding pastor, shifting my roles, hopefully shifting my speed a bit, but still continuing to serve this Canyon Hills family in new ways. And one of my roles will be walking alongside Pastor Carlos and helping him as he casts a new vision for the future of Canyon Hills and all of the ministries that we do together. And so as I say all of that, as I always say, and all of God's people said, amen, amen. Let's just give God a praise, amen? Let's just do that. At this time, I'd like to invite Brad Kindorf to come to the stage. And Brad, many of you know, but some of you don't know, serves as the clerk of uh, Canyon Hills French Church. Please welcome Brad. You get up here. Oh. Come on up here. <laughs> well, 29 years ago, my wife Robbie and I walked into this church, and uh, we immediately fell in love with the people. We fell in love with Larry Shirley, but most importantly, we fell in love with Jesus in this church 29 years ago. And, you know, after we, we came to know everybody, Larry invited us to continue to know kind of his core values that he had for this church. And the, the mission statement, as you guys know, is to make more and better disciples of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. But he also has other core values that he, we're the friendliest place on earth. He wants us to be a friendly, friendly church. And uh, he really would like to see us continue to uh, reach outside of ourselves in the mission field and uh, church planting and things of that nature. So getting outside of ourselves was really a core value for, for Larry and Shirley both. And then uh, Leadership Development Factory was always kind of a, a vision of, of Larry's. And uh, he always saw that we would just produce and lift up leaders within, within our own congregation. And, uh, you know, it's all those values that come together, Lord uh, Larry, that, you know, through the years, we have witnessed people through this church. You've pointed them to a relationship with Christ. We've seen people get healed physically. We've seen people get healed um, in their marriage, mm-hmm. and just so many wonderful things that you and Shirley have both led this congregation to become. And so I am personally just so thankful for those core values that, that you've had, that for all of the hard work. You say six gear. I think you're an overdrive for 30 years, so <laughs> thank you for that. And uh, I'm just so, so grateful, and I think that this church family, we could probably all stand up here and have some sort of a testimony to your leadership and how that has led us to a stronger relationship with Christ through the core values that you have led here within within this church. And I'm just so, so grateful for that. And so I'd just like to kind of just take a second here and just kind of honor Larry. Can we just can we just thank Larry and Shirley both for all of their 31 years of hard work here? So then Larry came to us and said, well, you know, my, my calling hasn't changed, but my mission has. So that just means, like he says, he's calling it a downshift. Um, and I think that, you know, that, that probably happens to most of us. But he said his calling hasn't changed, and, and I believe that. So what capacity he has is going to allow him to do some sort of a mission work here at this, at this place. And so I'm grateful to, uh, for, for you staying here uh, with us and also working through that. So, so again, thank you very much to, to you and Shirley. I know she's looking down right now and very, very proud of, of you and your leadership. And so, uh, so thank you for that. And now we start to look at, well, you know, the process of Larry telling us this. We've known this has kind of been in play for a couple of years here. 
And so the elders have been kind of looking at, you know, where do we go next? You know, do we bring somebody in from the outside to do this? Do we work with the inside? And Larry came to us with a very, very clear, clear call from, from God that he felt that, that, that Carlos was the one. But know that the process here is that Larry can only make that recommendation, that it's your elders that really had to make the decision uh, of who that person would be. And so, you know, we've been talking about this for a couple of years now. This isn't, this isn't new. And so we had to take that into consideration and, and think through um, all the possibilities. You know, bringing somebody from the outside or, or, or is it Carlos? And we had to pray, pray for that for quite some time and then look at it. And so the main reasons why we said, yes, we all feel led. And so your elders are very, very united on this. We feel led uh, because, because of those core values. We think that those are things that are important for us to carry forward, right? We don't want to change those core values here at this church. And so we feel that Carlos and Olivia are the ones that um, are able to take those core values uh, forward. First of all, we already know and love them. We don't need to get to know and love somebody new in this capacity, which is really, really good. We really believe that their core values are going to help us continue to be a friendly church, to continue to be a church that gets outside of ourselves, a church that uh, continues to make more and better disciples for, for Jesus. And so we really believe that uh, when we looked at a candidate to do that, that Carlos and Olivia both um, are going to be able to meet those needs. And, uh, and so we're very, very grateful to have them accepting this. And then, you know, as we look forward, we say, gosh, we really need to make sure that we empower Carlos to go forward. So keeping those core values intact, which will be part of the DNA of this church going forward, um, we still need to find new and different ways to reach the lost. And I know that uh, Carlos is going to be able to prepare for us over time, kind of a new vision on how we get reach, the, reach the, the more and better disciples for Jesus Christ in new and unique ways. And so there might be different ways than maybe Larry uh, might have done things, and that's, that's okay, right? We do need to, to continue to, to reach the, the younger folks and the younger generations that are coming up here in Yorba Linda. And so we need to continue to be a church that serves the body that's here, but we also need to continue to make sure that we're certain uh, that we're reaching the folks that are the young, younger, young families that are coming up. And, uh, you know, Carlos being a little younger than Larry, it's going to be a little easier sometimes. But um, so we need to continue to, to encourage um, Carlos and we need to uh, empower him to make those changes. But understand that the core DNA of this church isn't going to change. And so we're going to keep that alive. So with that, I'm going to invite the elders and I'm going to invite Carlos and Olivia to come on up to stage. And we're going to do a little baton pass here and then... Uh, Commission Carlos. So Carlos and Olivia, I get to uh, pass the baton of the lead pastor role to you, too, and I couldn't be more excited, and I uh, have full confidence in, t in you, too, and God's calling uh, on your life. So Carlos, I pass the baton of lead pastor <laughs> to you. And... Uh, <laughs> Run with the call and the vision God puts on your heart. I did that, and I know you'll do that too. Run and run fast as you drive. Amen? <laughs> Amen. Thank you. Well, I tell you, I... I my wife Susie and I started this church at, the, at basically the very beginning also, and so we have been able to witness the journey that Larry and Shirley 
were on and, and, and the amazing things that they've done. Um, yes, I was 30-something, now 60-something, so Larry and I are virtually the same birthdays. So, um, but to be able to watch the impact that Larry has had on all of our lives, our families' lives, and it, it seemed like every Sunday the message always had a point in there that just drove home to myself, to my family, and to each of the members of our church here in Lord. So it was, it was amazing, very special. And at the same time, Carlos came in very quietly and came into our church. And I've witnessed Carlos and Larry just working side by side together, um, just totally committed in Christ and moving our church forward. So their relationship is amazing and it's going to continue um, as we move forward. So as Brad stated, the uh, ministering council, which is the elders, has agreed to commission Carlos as our new lead pastor. Carlos, as Paul in his Timothy states, here is our charge to year. So I'm going to read 2 Timothy. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead? In view of his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the word, be prepared in season and out of a season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. But you, keep your head in all situations, endure hardships, do the work of an evangelist, discharge, all the duties of your ministry. So as the elder board, we have recognized that God has given Carlos the gifts, the abilities, given him the Holy Spirit, and um, given him the authority to leave our church. So with that, we're going to raise up our hands, we're going to commission Carlos, and I'll lead in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we're just so thankful for this day, Lord, and the, the special time, and and Father, for, for your plans that you have had for our church and for Carlos, Lord, you have gifted him. You have given him the strength. You've given him the endurance. You've given him the, the abilities to be able to lead, Lord. And so we just ask that you would protect him during this next season, Lord, that you would watch over him and just pour down your wisdom, your guidance, your truth, your discernment, Lord. Lead him, Lord, and give him the strength. And, Lord, we just pray that you'd give him rest during those times of difficulties, Lord, and during those times, Lord, that he'd pray for, prayfully seek you, Lord, uh, to find answers to lead. And, Father, we um, thank you for his heart, for the calling that you've placed on his heart. We thank you for his wonderful family, for his wife, his children, and his precious grandchildren, Lord, that you would provide their hedge of protection around them, Lord, and you would just lead them through this, Lord. So, again, Lord, we lift up Carlos. We're so thankful, Lord, and through this, we honor you and give you all the glory. In your name, amen. Amen. I was never on a relay team, so this is uh, new. I'm, I'm holding on to it tightly because I don't want to drop it. Um, I'm so thankful beyond what words can describe for a lot of reasons. Uh, for those of you that know my story, Every time I stand before you, I find it, I always say that I find it an honor and a privilege because I know how far God has brought me to be where I'm at today. So I'm honored. I feel privileged to be before you. And 
Now I'm humbled by this opportunity. I'm so thankful for the leadership and the vision of Pastor Larry over the last 30 years. And I know I have some big shoes to fill, although he only wears a size nine. <laughs> and I wear a size 11. I don't think I would be able to fill this man's shoes. Larry, I'm more thankful to you on a personal level because about, it was, I think it was about 14 years ago that he asked to meet with me. And if Larry asked to meet with you, say no to him. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> we started a coaching relationship, which led into a mentoring relationship that leads to this moment right here. So really what I'm saying that if anything goes wrong, you guys can blame Larry for that as well. Larry, uh, you're the real deal. You walk the talk. There's no words that I have to describe how thankful I am for you and your family, the whole Mendenhall clan and what they represent at this church just overwhelms me to think of everything they've done and poured into this, this church. And in another time, we'll, we'll honor that as well. And I'm also thankful that he's not going anywhere. Uh, in fact, he's preaching next week. Thank you, Larry. <laughs> I'm thankful that he continues, that he'll continue to coach our team, including myself. We continue to meet every Wednesday, and we call it our coffee mornings where we change the world. And um, that's what we tell ourselves anyway. And also, if you guys want to blame anyone for this, let me tell you about my wife, Olivia. Um, it was her who highly encouraged me, almost pushed me to serve at church about 20 years ago, where she encouraged me to step up. And now, as my encourager, my, my best friend, and my helper, I'm very grateful for her and my children who... Cue the train. Those of you at home don't know what I'm saying. The train is passing by, and it's hard to hear because our doors are open. I'm grateful for my kids, for their love, their support. They're all here today, and um, they've seen me grow. And they've been with me the entire way. That to me is uh, very encouraging. And I'm thankful for the elders. Let me, let me tell you about our elders, because I, I don't think we talk about them enough. Uh, we have a whole group of nine people. And some of them, like you've heard, have been here for decades. And, and they're behind the scenes. I call them our silent heroes, just making sure that this vision is carried out and taking steps, some of them difficult, to make sure that we are making more and better disciples. So I'm thankful for every single one of them, not because they were in agreement of me, but because they have shown us uh, through their leadership that they care about what God would have in store for us as a church. So I'm thankful for, for their unity. Uh, I'm thankful for Larry's blessing, but mostly I'm thankful for God's leading. Since we're all talking about how long we've been at this church, let me tell you, I stepped into this church in 2001. That was 19 years ago, and I will share with you that my son Carlos was invited to youth group, and he came and liked it, and all of a sudden, like many families you could relate, made a shift of churches because my kids were being plugged into our youth group. That's how Carlos showed up. Carlos Sr., not Jr., showed up to Canyon Hills. That's 19 years. Some as an attender, some as a lay leader, uh, overseeing missions. I called myself, I gave myself a title, it was very important. It was the missions guy, and that's what I did for a long time. And now I'm a, I've been a pastor for just over 10 years. 
And for me, it all started with promising God one step. I had a moment, an encounter with God on a mission field where I finally sort of got it. I was still terrified like I am this moment. Nothing's changed. Where I promised God that I would take one step of obedience and nothing more. Today, I recognize that he was asking me to take a step of faith. And I said, God, if I take this step, you promise to do the rest. And I put the entire burden on God and said, if he opens up a door, I'll step in it. If he shows me the way, if he provides the opportunity, I will do that. And here we are. Now I see this as God's next step, not only for me, my family, and the church, but I trust completely and have full confidence that he is in all of this. For me and my wife, uh, my wife and I started this process of praying. You have to know, I mean, Larry started it two years ago. I've only had eight months to pray about this. Seems like a long time, but with COVID, you know, time has flown by. And since then, I've gone through this process, and this process involved prayer. It, It in God, me asking God to make it clear that he wanted me to take this position, this next step. So I had made a list of things, and I said, God, if it's going to be clear and you want me to take this next step, here's a list of things that I would like to see. Like, who am I to ask God to show me all these things? And one by one, God started revealing and showing every single one of those things. At times, I felt like hoping that God wouldn't come through on some of those, that maybe I could just not do this, but that wasn't to be the case. But aside from the prayer process, I want to share with you what made my decision easier. And that is you. Every single one of you sitting right now in front of me and watching at home made my decision a lot easier. I told you that I've been here 19 years. And over those 19 years, I have witnessed nothing short of miracles happen through this church. And because of your faithfulness. And as we always say here from the pulpit, this church is not this beautiful building, although it is. The church is you and I. We comprise the church with Christ as the head. And it was because of your faithfulness that we sit. I mean, look around you. We sit in this beautiful facility, the last plot of land in your Belinda. Did you guys know that, that we took that belongs to this church? The last plot of land in your Belinda came to Canyon Hills Friends Church. Happened because of vision and it happened because of your faithfulness. We have planted several churches. Some of them are still going strong today. I mean, how amazing is that? That God would allow you and I to just plant churches and continue the work of the ministry. One of those churches we speak of a lot because it just shows the fruit of your labor, the fruit of your faithfulness. That is a church in Mexico that serves an underprivileged community, and we recognize that, and we wanted to come alongside of them and help them build and help, us, help them establish to the point now where they're going strong for 15 years. They have started an elementary school that ministers to children that are impoverished beyond what we could imagine because they recognize that the way to affect future outcomes is to teach the children about God and teach them and give them an education. Guess where that starts and guess what continues that work and who continues that work? Yes, they have a lot of work and they're responsible, but it is you and your faithfulness that makes that happen. You did that. And let's talk about the Philippines. 18 churches are in the Philippines. And we've helped start 
encourage, develop, and train their pastors and their leaders and their churches. And we've been doing that for decades. You have done that. Not to mention all the countless times that I've worked with so many of you over the years to get outside of ourselves, like, like Brad, our, our, our clerk elder, says, because that's what we do as a church. It's in our DNA. That is what we do. If someone is in need, we step up and we help the best that we can. So we feed the homeless. And every single ministry that I see all of you, some of you responsible for has gotten outside of themselves and doing outreach events and helping people that are in need, whether they're homeless. I mean, there's, there's a long list of things that this church has done to get outside of ourselves and help the least of these, you know, the orphans and the widows in their distress. You are a passionate people. Your pursuit of Christ and desire to change and now heal the world has been evident. There is fruit. Your fruit is evident. And folks, I don't say this in a boastful way. If anything, we should boast on the Lord and say, look what the Lord has done. I say this to thank you for stepping up and being the church and by knocking down the walls of this church and going out into your community and the world. You have done that, and that encourages my faith. But it also helps me to envision what the future can look like because I have to tell you that if there's a conviction that I have is that there's more to do. There's more to come, and we must strive to, to reach and save the lost, and there's many. We must continue to serve the underprivileged. We must be a voice for those who cannot speak for themselves. To me, I've known the Great Commission. It's been part of my, my heart for a long time. I'm passionate about it, but it has more meaning for me today, this moment, especially over the last few months, months than it has ever before. The Great Commission comes from Matthew 28, 19, and it says, therefore go, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And surely I will be with you till the very end. Go, make, baptize, teach. Go, make, baptize, teach. We have a lot of work to do. And I think you will agree that this charge is more important today as we face more and more opposition, more and more uncertainty. Our health is not guaranteed. Our freedom is at stake. And the church, folks, the church, that means you and I are the last defense against all of those things. My desire is simple. That God would be glorified through Canyon Hills Friends Church that we as Canyon Hills would make a lasting impact in the life of others, in our community, and the world. It's simple that we would make a lasting impact, not only in your lives, but the life of others, the community, and the world. So you see, the resolve is the same. The task at hand is the same. God gets the glory when his people endeavor to go, make, baptize, and teach. And so we need workers. You know, the Bible calls it the harvest, saying that there's fruit that is ripe, perfect for picking, but we just don't have enough workers. The workers are few. 
So we need prayer warriors. We need servants. We need doers of the word. And here's how Jesus put it. And what is known as the Last Supper, Jesus had just finished, you know, washing the disciples' feet as a symbol of humility, as a symbol, an example of what a servant leader does. Basically, he was serving his disciples. I don't expect all of us to wash our feet, although there's nothing wrong with it. But imagine the symbolism of you washing somebody else's feet, where you put yourself below them to let them know that you would serve them in that capacity. So right after he does that, this is what Jesus says in John 13, verses 14 through 17. He says, now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now, therefore, because of this, now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. My translation, my paraphrase, be doers of the word. Now that you know about all of this, you're going to be blessed if you do them. So we have more work to do. We have more people to serve, more people to reach, more churches to plant. So let's go. Let's go make, baptize, and teach. We have an important work to do. Our charge is the same. It was the same 2,000 years ago, and it is the same today. And you will agree, and I don't have to spend a lot of time convincing you that with everything that's going on right now, I can't help but feel that this charge is so important. Yes, unprecedented times. Yes, times of trouble. But for the Christian, an opportunity. An opportunity to rise up and be the church, to be a living sacrifice, to be living examples. So I would ask that you would join me that you would join the, the, the team at this church, the staff and the elders, in endeavoring to do whatever it takes to reach people. That together we would make a lasting impact in the life of others, our community, and the world. And that we would remember the last part of the Great Commission, where God promises that he will surely be with you to the end of times that we would remember the promises like Paul talks about in Philippians, that our God is going to meet our needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. And then in Deuteronomy, you know, this is the charts that God tells Joshua, do be strong and courageous, he says. Do not be afraid. I know there's a lot of uncertainty, a lot of fear right now. Do not be terrified because of them, for the Lord your God goes with you, and he will never leave you nor forsake you. So join me, join our team, join our elders, join this church in going, making, baptizing, and teaching. So at this moment, I'm going to go ahead and call the worship team. And I have to tell you that this morning is all about just talking to you about this leadership change that, that we just made as the work continues. But in the near future, I'd really like to share what I'm calling my faith dream for Canyon Hills Friends Church. I want to share my vision with you, but you've already heard the precursor. We will strengthen our core ministries. We will plant more churches. One of them is already in the works. 
We will save the lost. We will help the needy. And we will preach and teach the word. And folks, let me tell you, we're going to do it with joy. We're going to do it completely unafraid of our current circumstances, completely unafraid of change, completely unafraid of challenges in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. So in closing, let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, we are humbled by this moment that as surely as you've called me and have spoken to Larry and the elders, Lord, I know that you are faithful and you are speaking to your people now. This is a moment in time in our church's history, not only as Canyon Hills Friends Church, but the church as a whole, Lord, where more than ever we need to rise up as a body of believers to help and save the lost. Lord, I pray for more fruit. I pray for more people stepping up as the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Father, I declare that we are your church, and I ask that you would build your kingdom here. Lord, I ask that you would not let the darkness and the fear sit in, that you would show your mighty hand, that you would heal our streets and our land. Lord, that you would set our church on fire. Lord, that you would win this nation back, change the atmosphere, build your kingdom king here. In Jesus' name I pray. And all of God's people said,